Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. Together we are Civic Cypher. Ain't that the truth? Um, stick around. We got a great show lined up for you today. We are going to inform you about a situation that is taking place in Kansas City where black women were ignored for some time and the consequences that you know people may not consider uh, that come into play when black women are ignored in fact you may not even know that this is a real thing you know we mentioned it we touched on it a couple times on the show we talked about yes we have health care uh, disparities you know how mortality rates mortality rates maternal health care especially um and today we're going to be uh looking into uh policing we actually did talk about missing while black uh, the phenomenon surrounding the gabby petito thing the missing white woman syndrome where the media jumps on a missing person if she is a woman who's white of a certain age and often enough blonde but if you are black and a woman and go missing oftentimes there's no coverage so Today we will be listening to black women. This story came from our show producer, Ms. Maggie, aka Maggie B. Nolan. She do. And uh, so we are going to listen to at least that one black woman today um, and bring some attention to this uh, uh, situation. Um, Further on in the show, we were going to be talking about the L.A. City Council meeting that ended up turning racist. This is something we have to talk about. I I know. I'm, I'm just asking you. I don't. Everybody else, I'm just talking to Ramses. Do you think racist people ever get like tired of being racist? Like like they take a break at home. Do they? Do they take a lunch? I, it's got to be a like full time job. Fifteen, like <laughs> it has to be an exhausting undertaking. I'm, I'm absolutely sure that it is, and uh, we are going to have to figure out why this happened and a whole lot more. Come on, for man. you to stick around uh, for. But first and foremost, uh. Q's favorite segment. In fact, Q, why don't you take this one? My favorite segment? Ebony Excellence. Um, Ebony Excellence is my favorite segment. I know you said that before. You know what I'm so saying? Because like, <laughs> I mean, the show be getting heavy. I ain't mad at you. Go ahead. And I'd be like almost crying. But furthermore, um, Ebony Excellence, sponsored by Major Threads, where high fashion meets timeless menswear. Visit them at majorthreads.com. And this is via the big three.com. Uh, the big three is now the first professional sports league to be certified uh, by Buy Black, the U.S. Black Chamber of Commerce, as a black owned and operated business. Uh, shout out to Ice Cube, yes, man. Sir. The city of Compton. Now, just don't get me started because Rams is from Compton. I'll be getting excited. <laughs> I'm going to just read. The certification establishes the league. Um, as part of the Buy Black Network and distinguishes the Big Three as the first and only professional sports league to be certified. Uh, it says, quote, myself and the entire league are honored to be officially certified by Buy Black and the U.S. Black Chambers. Uh, this is from Ice Cube, the Big Three CEO and founder. Uh, quote, from day one, the league has been dedicated to providing opportunities for black players, fans, investors, and partners. And we are proud to be a part of a nationwide network of black business owners. Supporting black enterprise is a long, a lifelong passion of mine and the big three. And we will continue to build upon its success and uplift other black entrepreneurs, end quote. For more information, visit big3.com. Shout out to Ice Cube. Shout out to Ice Cube. I so- just threw up the West Side too. Yay, yay. <laughs> You know, it is one thing to play the game. It's another thing to own the board. The lesson that we've learned 
and an announcement we'll make very soon. Indeed. All right, moving on. Today, we have to talk about how America and in particular, the police continue to fail black women in particular. Now, we know that the police are not perfect, you know, but um, oh, man. today we're going to center black women because often enough black women get the worst in terms of outcomes, the, the, the most of the brunt um, when it comes to most everything, especially bad stuff. And, um, you know, we're trying to change that narrative. You know, everything bad should happen to everybody and everything good should happen to everybody. Everybody deserves to have a fully balanced life. If anything, only good things should happen to everyone. But, you know, that's I mean, but, if there, but if there's a group that only good things should happen to, go ahead and say it. Like, come on, black. They, yeah, they, yeah, they deserve it. They lead the nation and everything. Yeah, man. And every statistical category that shows greatness and triumph and perseverance and and resilience. Sure. Black women are leading the nation. And we discovered recently the world and a lot of outstanding categories, business enterprise, entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. um, college education, Education, college graduation. Mm -hmm. Just, and yet, and still come on, there are many, many uh, categories that are, the worst of the worst that our black women uh, lead in as well. And these things need to be remedied because there's historical. And that's uh, no fault of their own, by the way. Exactly. On those bad categories. Uh, So we're going to tell a story here. Um, Today's story, we're going to pull from the guardian. Okay. Uh, This is a little get, this is a little grisly here and there. Um, And there's some trigger warnings here. So if you are sensitive to abuse, um, just giving you a heads up here. So from the guardian, a woman who escapes month long captivity says other black women killed by abductor. That's the headline, right? Uh, a 22 year old black woman in Missouri who escaped after a white man abducted, tortured and held her captive for weeks in a basement has said several other black women were killed by her captor. Less than a month after police dismissed community concerns about a serial killer as completely unfounded, the woman escaped on October 7th after about a month in captivity, still wearing a metal collar locked with a padlock that authorities had to remove. She told Kansas City Police that 39-year-old Timothy M. Hazlitt had imprisoned her in a basement room in Excelsior Springs, a city just northeast of Kansas City, where he whipped and raped her repeatedly. She escaped while Hazlitt was dropping off his child at school, and she sought help from neighbors, whom she told that her friends did not make it out and were killed by Hazlitt. Around the time she went missing, several prominent community leaders raised concerns about the disappearance of multiple black women and girls. So I want to start, I want to stop right here, because this is really, we're, we're talking about a story you know, this is just a story. We don't we don't really focus on stories unless they help us illustrate trends or narratives that we are trying to establish in the minds of our allies. Right. So we wouldn't tell a story just to tell a story unless it was reflecting of a trend. And I think this last sentence I read really suggests what we're trying to convey in this segment. Uh, so I'll read that again to you. Uh, around the time she went missing, several Prominent community leaders raised concerns about the disappearance of multiple black women and girls. And so if you back up a little bit uh, further in that reading that I just did, uh, remember 
that the police dismissed community concerns about a serial killer as completely unfounded, right? And so what you see here is folks not listening and black women being kind of in the middle of it, right? And I think that this is something that is, if I were to say that it was taught, that might not be the right way to say it, right? Because no one teaches you to ignore black women. That You don't go to a class in school. Your parents don't sit you down. If you're a normal, reasonable person from a background, normal background, that's not like super racist or anything crazy like that. No one, Your mom or your dad don't sit you down and say, hey, make sure you ignore black women when you get older. But I think that this country has a tendency to espouse certain women, look a certain way, to romanticize or, you know, uh, amplify and jealousize certain women. And there are other women who completely get ignored. And so uh, if I said Disney pr princess, what pops into your mind? Cinderella. Okay. Now, here's another thing. This happened to me last night. I was in a grocery store in a place called Fountain Hills, Arizona, right? And I was walking through the grocery store and I ended up in an aisle where they sell beauty products or whatever. I don't need to be on this aisle whatsoever, but I just was there. While I'm there, you know, if you know me, you know, I got all this hair. So I'm always checking for the latest conditioner because it does get a little cocoa pappy up top. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know if y'all know what that oh, means. If nappy rhymes with 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 cocoa paps you know what i'm saying naps cocoa paps so anyway so i'm looking for some conditioner just new brands you know stuff i might want to try in the future just to kind of ease my way when it comes to combing and maintaining this crown of mine right and right next to that is the makeup and i'm looking at the makeup as my hand is reaching for the conditioner bottles i'm like kind of going through them and i'm like whoa okay i get it makeup you're supposed to put it on and it's supposed to match your skin Right. I, I don't wear makeup. Um, but, you know, something just clicked in my head. I never really thought of it before, you know, but this is kind of what that makeup is for. I don't know what the name of the type of makeup it is, but it was the makeup that was the color of your your. It was like human flesh colored, like a whole range. And I couldn't find uh, a color that would match my skin. Right. And I was like, what? whoa, hit me like a ton of bricks. They, they, they built this whole thing without me in mind or people like me in mind. Now, I'm not a woman, so of course they didn't have me in mind. But if I was a, my sister, who is my same skin tone, she would not have found her a, a makeup product that would have worked for her in that store. Now, this happened to me yesterday. I did not know that I would be telling that story today because, you know, Maggie brought this story for us and, you know, we're talking about it. But little subtle things like that here and there. I think accumulate over time where we recognize, okay, these people get, get celebrated, lifted up. And these other people, we just, they're, we don't know that they're in the shadows of our minds of, you know what I mean? Can I, can I piggyback? Please, please. I almost said, can I push back? No, no, go ahead. But I'll say piggyback. And I think you'll get why you I chose one term over the, over sure, the other. Sure. Let's do it. You said that America doesn't teach or we don't teach. You know, Maybe in two in your yeah black women right okay. and maybe not in so it's so as much as you go into a class and the instructions are to do so right um 
Once upon a time, I had a disagreement with my children's mother okay, and raised my voice. And my son said, dad, you can't be mean to my mom. If in that moment, I don't apologize to him and her and just out of sheer ego and anger or whatever, try to justify the way that I spoke to her. Aren't I teaching him that it's okay to speak to wow. and or other women like that? Okay. So I didn't instruct him, hey, this is how you talk to a woman. But you led but by example. in that moment, yeah. my example to him is I was upset so I can do this. Then, okay, when I get mad to yes. I go to my mom, to my teacher, that's how I got to do it. Right. So in that moment, I don't care how upset I was. I have to humble myself and I have to stop. And however her and I are going to resolve this, it can't be like that. Mm. Because I cannot tell him how much I love him or her how much I love her. Because it's not just how he feel, how she felt. If she would have said, you shouldn't speak to me that way. I can't be like, well, I'm mad. So, yeah, I mean, I can. But then I'm now teaching her and my son that this is the version of me they should accept. The circumstances don't matter, especially for the five-year-old who I just tried to explain to that that was okay. Right. So even though I'm not giving him explicit instruction to do so, if in that moment I do anything other than tell him your daddy is wrong and your daddy is sorry, and then to his mother in front of him, tell her that I was wrong and that I'm sorry, I'd be teaching my son, hey, when you get upset, you can get that off. You know what I mean? So sure, there's not a class that says so, but when the entire society does it, everybody looks around and accepts it. Okay. We've now taught everyone that this is acceptable behavior. Even so if it's not explicitly instructed. So, so first off, incredible example. I'm glad you shared that. That was as, as spot on as anything you've ever said. Um, the next thing I want to say is that I think to your point, <clears throat> what we have is exactly that. We have um, grown up in a world, all of us have grown up in a world where we tend to run after a spouse, celebrate, whatever, um, things that look a certain way and ignore, step over, you know, uh, block out things that don't look a certain way, people that don't look a certain way, right? And the way to remedy that is to discipline ourselves, each of us in our own mind, in our own paths in life, to recognize the humanness in everyone that we see. Now, I obviously am super rainbows and unicorns. That's since the day I met him, yeah, that's, ladies and gentlemen. That's that's me. I get maybe one of the first things I ever said to him in front of other people. <laughs> Man, you really see the world as rainbows and yeah, butterflies. Yeah. This was like a month into our friendship. Yeah, yeah. This is a, that's an old standing outside downtown in front of what's now his nightclub. But at the time, we were just patrons. Yeah. And uh, all of us laughed really hard because it was so obviously true. Yeah. Ram Ramses does see the world with a different pair of glasses than the rest of us. Sure, sure. It is to be applauded, though. I'm going to be like him when I grow up. Yeah, I remember that night. I was doing my guitar thing, walking down the street. And then, yes, I did end up. Taji and Bean were with us that night, too. Yeah. Shout out to the fellas. And I ended up buying that nightclub. You're absolutely right. So anyway, um, yeah, back to this. The... Uh, the crazy part about this is that 
through subtle things like that, like you mentioned, you know, examples of folks doing things or not doing things in front of their children and in front of each other. You know, you you were born, you, our listener, were born into a society that just does this. Yes. Right? So we're not faulting you, but we are charging you with changing that, fixing it. Right. A black woman missing deserves the same type of love, exposure, et cetera, as anyone else. A black woman who says there is a problem deserves the same type of response, you know, grace, uh, 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 latitude, every, 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 everything that comes along with being a human being. They deserve that too, right? And as I read more into this story, you'll see that that just simply wasn't the case for a very long time. And the consequences of that are dire. If you are a person who believes that human life is special and precious and valuable and sacred, then you should respond to this in the same way that anyone else would. Um, and if you've had to be led to this point to say, oh my gosh, um, don't feel bad because we black men are not immune to that either, right? I did. I had to get into media then I had to do a story on Gabby Petito to find out what, well, you know what, as it turns out, I haven't heard of, oh, there's that many missing black women and native women, native women are go missing. We'll get to the numbers, but I didn't even know that. And I worked in media for years, you know what I'm saying? So it's not, it, we're not faulting anybody, but we now have, now that we know this, we have to listen and we have to hold other people accountable so that they listen. And we have to prior, prioritize our sisters and our mothers. And you know what? I would bet my life at the end of it, when I go to heaven, that an old woman who looks akin to Dr. Westenberg or my grandma or something will be sitting on that throne in the clouds as God herself. You know what I mean? Um, that is not would not surprise me at all. Right. One bit. And I do my best to cultivate my relationships with especially with older black women accordingly. Now. Uh, I'll continue. Uh, she told the uh, Kansas City Police. Oh, sorry. Last month, the Kansas City Defender, uh, a nonprofit newsroom, published a video of Bishop Tony Caldwell saying that he had received information that the missing women had all been kidnapped from Prospect Avenue in Kansas City. The police dismissed the concerns as uh, completely unfounded, saying in a statement, there is no basis to support this rumor. The case is just the latest example of a predominantly white police force refusing to take seriously reports of missing and murdered black, brown, and indigenous victims, especially women and girls. Now, I want to take a moment and shout out the Kansas City Defender. Uh, there's a very special uh, individual who founded and runs that. We had the pleasure of sitting down with him and, and talking with him. His name is Ryan Sorrell, and he is... Uh, a person who fights the good fight. If you get your news about the country or, you know, anything like that, I know it sounds like Kansas city and you might not be in Kansas. Uh, in fact, I'm not sure that we have any stations in Kansas. So you definitely are in Kansas. If you're listening to this or Missouri or Missouri. Um, so, um, please search out this publication because it is not just Kansas. It is just a, an awesome voice to have. And it is a national publication just based in Kansas has since gone national. Kansas City. Kansas City, sorry. Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. You're right. Um, so this uh, next part comes from NPR. 
uh, kidnapping investigation raises new questions about reports of missing black women. The uh, NPR interviewed Ryan Sorrell uh, at the Kansas City Defender, um, and the reporter asked, what is the hope of the community about where this investigation is going to go from here at this point? And Ryan said, uh, they did not reach out to us to ask where, where do we get the information. They didn't reach out to the bishop that initially made the video. They didn't reach out to any community members. The black community generally was silenced in essence because of that. And so that was also deeply concerning to us. And that is another uh, aspect that is deeply troubling about the situation. To be frank and honest, we are doing investigatory work ourselves because that's truly how this information came about. And it was from us in the community. In other words, uh, no police support, no police help, you know, police officers have police departments rather have like investigators and detectives and that sort of stuff. Well, the Kansas city defender had to be their own investigators and de detectives and so forth to get to the bottom of this story. And it's not to say that that hasn't happened elsewhere, but we see things like this happen, um, in black communities, which is why black media is very important which is why black listening to black voices is very important, you know, because the power structures that exist in the world exist to support the movement of money. And at the end of the day, the movement of money benefits the wealthy. And for those of us who cannot see that, um, we think that these things exist independent of cases like this and the truth is they ignore things like this because it doesn't serve their ultimate agenda which is to keep people with money and power in those positions almost nobody knows that it's the wildest thing now um i do want to share some statistics with you so this comes from cnn according to a 2021 fbi data report black people make up 31 percent of missing persons reports but only 14 percent of the u.s population okay so that means that black people go missing um, at uh, nearly a, th a third of black uh, people make up the uh, missing persons report, only 14% of the population. Uh, white or, people... Or to say that again, a third of the people missing are black. That's what I'm trying black. to say. Sorry, thank you. Um, white people, meanwhile, make up 54% of missing persons reports and 76% of the U.S. population. So black people go missing at higher rates, you know, proportionately. At an insanely higher rate. Um, and some black families are still searching for answers even after their missing loved one is found. Like, how did this happen for so long? And a lot of times after a very long time, if you find a missing person, the circumstances are not good anymore. You just find them, you know, they don't get to pick up and continue. Um, the FBI's National Crime in Information Center uh, says the largest disparities among black people make up about a third of acting active missing persons um and those numbers look like this 29,357 people um versus white people which is 50,544 uh, asian 2,109 and um native americans which is 1,554 um and also the ncic includes people who identify as hispanic or latino in the white category in other words, this is a real thing. You know, we're not just talking about, you know, uh, 
the people that go missing at higher rates, but we're also talking about the people that don't get listened to, they don't get reported in, in the news. And when that happens, um, I, I think the result of that, rather, is that if you were a predator, you would perhaps prey on the most vulnerable, yeah. the, the people who are least likely to get a strong reaction from yes. the news, uh, strong reaction from the community, strong reaction from those with power and influence. Um, oftentimes, people with power and influence don't look like us, but the victims of these sorts of kidnappings and you know this type of brutality, uh, they look like our women and children. They look like Native women and children. They look like, you know, um, marginalized groups. And so, again, having a bit of empathy, giving a bit of a voice and listening, listening. This is about listening to black women. And this is kind of in the charge of this whole segment. Listening goes a long way. Um, and we mentioned healthcare, And that's another one that, you know, and there's a lot of people fighting that battle on that front. Um, and so, again, we just thought that kind of bringing this to your attention uh, today would certainly help paint the picture a bit further than we've been able to do before. So, And now, 